with Brits and Marche. We are back this week with everything that's going on in the tech sector in South Africa and some gadget reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for South Africa, uh, there's not too much going on in the tech sector because tech generally needs electricity. Um, and that's something we are sorely lacking this week. So for the first time in probably a few months, I didn't actually go back and check when last we had stage four proper. We had Well, we had it um, very recently. I think we had it for a day or a day and a half or yeah. two days um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, but before that, I think the last time we had stage four load shedding was um, pre-lockdown, pre-COVID. Wow. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, so South Africa is currently in stage four load shedding up until Friday. Um, so with far. N- with, <laughs> <laughs> with no lights at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> if you want to go that far. Um, ESCOM's been battling to to serve the country with their one major product. The, I think it's the only product, really, <laughs> besides consuming money, is producing electricity. You put money in and electricity com- is supposed to come out. <laughs> yeah, so s- South Africans don't have power. Whether you're at home, working at home, or working from an office, um, it's, a, it's a struggle to keep your tech up and running, keep lights on, keep your food frozen in your fridge. Like we, we've done extensive research on this, and it's time for a shameless plug. If you go to stuff.co.za um, and head to the shop tab, uh, there is actually our load shedding special edition that we gave away for free in September. But if you didn't get it, then you've got to pay for it. I'm afraid it's only twenty bucks. Um, but it's got a lot of detail on how to escape the Escom blues because, unfortunately, we were right and it's sticking around. Yeah, we have read all, all of the analyses. People are not convinced that the, the power situation is getting better soon. Um, the state-owned utility has faced massive breakdowns in recent years. Um, they've struggled to maintain a lot of the infrastructure and they've struggled to even just complete building new power stations and it's it's had a massive effect on on just consumers and and people in general in South Africa uh it's it's pretty hard running a business especially small businesses mm. and restaurants and retail outlets um if you don't have power and that's essentially what keeps the South A- South African economy going that's the lifeblood of the South African economy but look, it's not, it's not, uh, and well, p- this is maybe just my opinion, but it's not as bad as it seems. Um, yes, you know, power's off. Yes, load shedding um, is back after being away for, for months and months. Um, actually, years more or less. Um, <coughs> but we were more or less told to expect this. The thing is, the, uh, you know, Current load shedding is as a result of trying to fix, I think it's close to 20 years of neglect, yes. more than 20 years of neglect. Um, like we, we first got load shedding in South Africa in 2008. Yeah, that's um, insane. I think it was, it, 
it was from November 2008. So we in. No, it was before. It was before <laughs> November. I just moved to Johannesburg. Oh wow! Um, so like, uh, I think I'd been here for a week, and then they started load shedding, and I was like, oh, "What is this? Is this what Johannesburg's always like?" No, but it went on for months. Yeah. Um, and and we were just like, "Oh, okay, the power's off now. I guess we're not working for four hours a day." And yeah, we just at that point, no one was prepared. Yeah, um, but y- y- you would have thought back then, hey, let's let's start fixing the problem. And unfortunately, nobody started fixing the problem until sometime in uh, was it twenty twenty eighteen, where they like they they really actually made an effort as opposed to just kept stealing money from from Eskom and going, it'll be fine. No, it, it's yeah. Well, yeah, they st- so they started building Madupi Power Station in 2015. Mm-hmm. It's still not really complete. Um, well, I mean, they, they, it was complete for about a week and a half. I think we've mentioned this before. <laughs> uh, it was complete for a week and a half until they blew up the first turbine. Yep. And yeah. that apparently, that turbine's unsalvageable now. Um, <laughs> oh great. Yeah, that generation unit at Madupi that exploded, it was destroyed and cannot be repaired. So they've got to be replaced. It's got to be well replaced. Yeah, and, and how long will that <laughs> take? Um, um. So at this point, Madupi is running at 60% capacity, mm-hmm. while Kusile, which is also the, the, a, new, a rather new yeah. power station, r- is running at 30%. At the moment, um, right now, as of 9 or 10 November, depending on when you listen to this, the ESCOM needs, I just want to get the exact number, Mm. (laughs) 14,874 megawatts. That's that's breakdowns. That's just from breakdowns. And then from (laughs) planned maintenance, so... That's that's generation units that have been taken offline to maintain <laughs> and fix is at 5,579 megawatts. Yeah, that's oh look, that that's a substantial. In total, that's over 20,000 megawatts. Yeah, it's a substantial portion of our, our um, uh, the country's generating capacity. So it's look, it's unsurprising um, that that we're load shedding, but uh, like I've seen a lot of people are. Are complaining about this, and look, I mean, they've, they've got a point, you know. ESCOM being off is harming the economy. Uh, it, uh, that's a, a that's a totally legitimate fact, but but people are complaining about this like it's a new thing. It's like mm, no, it's been harming the yeah. economy, but it pretty much constantly since 2018. Um, like we're coming up on 15 years of of uh, ESCOM's been stuffing the economy around it. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just that uh, it's only just now, it's only now pe- people have started to actually make the effort to perform the maintenance that was needed, like, you know, from like 99 to 2008. But even just from the public's perspective, it feels like people are all up in arms because stage four is so hectic. How do we get here? Like, Guys, we've been here before. We've been to stage six, and I, I straight up thought <laughs> that it was the apocalypse, yeah, and so did we I. N- it's not going back on because I was being load shed as it was announced, and I read the tweet, and my phone died, and I was like, "Well, this is it, guys. <laughs> this <laughs> is this is the end." Which one of us are we going to eat first? 
No, like I, I, I do understand that. I think that look, people's reactions now are a bit more, um, maybe a bit more mental health based, right? Um, yeah, but like it's still like without. Okay, we don't want to get too political in this podcast, mm. but it, we we just had a local election where people could have voiced their their frustration by voting like differently and it just doesn't happen um which which it contradicts obviously obviously it's not the same audience but it contradicts what you see online mm. where people are very upset but then yeah well i look um, yeah like you that's it's very much a, a like a, a political thing it's not something i'm really going to take a stance on but um uh, when it comes to the voting um, and to what you're seeing online, the, the way that it parallels is the mental health thing that I, I mentioned earlier. Like voting turnout was lower than it, w- than it was expected to be and people are complaining on social media and I think those things are connected. I think, you know, um, uh, COVID started in March 20 2020, March 2020. Um, so we we're almost two years into, into a pandemic which you know it does things to your brain you're you're well, yeah. um and and to have like load shedding come back is is rough enough but then to have load shedding stage four dumped on top of the like the two-year mental load of um trying to keep employed or keep a business running during a pandemic uh, it's, it's like it's kind of fr- it's definitely going to fray some tempers yeah definitely. Um, so like it's understandable and uh, even even the fact that um uh, people are acting like this is new is understandable because we, we were kind of hoping, you know, like, m- let's just have the pandemic for a while. Let's just keep the power on. Um, and I think that I think that ESCOM tried. I think they tried really hard to try and uh, mitigate that. But, but now it's like, well, things have gotten better to the point where we're opening up more and more buildings, more and more businesses. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, So... I think it was in June or a few months ago. Um, the the president announced that they will allow private um, private electricity generation mm-hmm. up to 100 megawatts, which is like if you look at what ESCOM is lacking is a fraction. So essentially, your business can generate up to 100 megawatts of its own capacity mm. uh, to power itself and maybe businesses around it or houses or whatever, um, but n- nothing above 100 megawatts. But it's still, it feels like such a small <laughs> amount. Of course, it'll help. Yeah. But also, because private electricity generation hasn't been legal for a very long time in South Africa, like no one has that type of infrastructure if they're not the state. So like almost all of the the electricity generators in this country are owned by the states. And if they're not, like... They've got to dump a bunch of money to become a generator. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, you know, it's a tug of war while, while I, f- well, I think a lot of people feel this way. Um, if they can just privatize the sector completely, <laughs> that <Yeah>. would <laughs> fix a lot of problems. But they want to hold on to that power um, to to be able to to uh, co- not control, like just h- hold on to 
their users and their consumers. Yeah, look, I mean, ESCOM used to be a point of pride for South Africa. Right? Well, when? <laughs> no. It doesn't feel like my lifetime. Years, <laughs> no, uh, it, w- it was years and years and years ago, though. You know, it, uh, we, we, made, we made power. We, we, we exported we, power. We expa- exported it. It was so cheap for us to do. Um, but again, like this was before all this, like the green tech thing. Um, or just, you know, not Which just green tech. Which is such a missed opportunity in our country. No, like it's one of the hottest countries. We have, we have a massive coastline, like one of the largest. Mm. And we're not utilizing any any of the green tech we could use available. we could do wind wind generation yeah. solar we can have solar farms out in the Karoo. dude imagine um we could we can have, have solar everywhere um wave turbines it's uh, you know the, there's it's a, just there's obviously expensive to mm. implement it's expensive to build but if we privatize a bunch of rich dudes and women can go and just make better energy <laughs> <laughs> No, I know that um, South Africa was recently given uh, a couple billion dollars yep. um, uh, to, to, to sort of switch over to more sort of greener energy. And like again, like it, it, it's a bit indicative of the mood in the country that uh, <laughs> um, the everybody's reaction was like, oh, look, there's more money for the government to steal. Uh, at least, um, well but that's, I mean, that's Twitter for you. That, that's pretty much... But also, How we deal like with everything. The, yeah, the track record isn't, <laughs> isn't that good, though. No, like, I the know. government keeps boasting about all of these all of these zeros in the bank accounts, and they've never really shown wha- what they've done with it. And mm. I, I feel like that's what the public feels is lacking. Um, open communication yeah. and just actual evidence. Yeah, <laughs> like tran- transparency <laughs> might be nice from... From time to time, it's like you know, what have you done with the money we gave you? Exactly. Um, no, I know there's there's not much trust there, um, uh, but now, like again, we're we're veering into into politics. But this is okay. I want to mm. go back to numbers because sure. I find it very interesting. So we we saw that currently at stage four, ESCOM lacks twenty thousand megawatts of capacity. Um, what I find interesting, because mm. it's also political, is that just before the just before we voted the week before mm-hmm. right it's it's had the same amount almost exactly the same amount of capacity um lacking <laughs> and we were only at stage one if i c- rem- remember correctly mm-hmm. oh no stage two stage two um and they managed to actually keep the lights on during the weekend leading up to it Th- we didn't have any load shedding that weekend uh-huh I don't know how they manage that if they had breakdowns amounting to over 20,000 megawatts. Diesel. Oh, yeah. Oh. They had backup diesel. The diesel diesel thing is interesting (laughs) as well. I read earlier that there's a... a They found out there's a syndicate that's stealing... (laughs) Oh, yes, I saw. I read that. That's that's stealing approximately 100 million rands worth of fuel every month from ESCOM. yes. What? <laughs> no, like, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe maybe put some of that budget towards a few security guards, guys. Or a lock or something. <laughs> maybe a, a lock would be nice. <laughs> this, this reminds me of our... So our substation is also one of the oldest in Randburg or something. And it keeps 
getting broken into, I say that in air quotes, because the, it, the substation's completely open. Anyone can walk in. Um, there hasn't been a lock on it since I moved into the neighborhood five years ago. And r the, the recent trend is people going into the substation and stealing the fuses and just leaving. And there's nothing, <laughs> anyone, any, no one's ever done anything to it. No one's securing the place. And then obviously it takes months to order new fuses. Mm. Um, we've been without power for like four days once just because of this. And the fuses were stolen in the past two weeks twice. <laughs> so, yeah. And the community has actually started actually working together. Um, the private security companies are actually standing outside the, the substation during the night and keeping watch. I think they've actually put a lock on the the community, but that's Finally. a But it's a problem because then city power can't necessarily access it when they need to because who has the key or who has the code? Yeah, so it's uh, oh, it's a it's a situation. Well, look, like it's not. I mean, it's not a grand situation. It's <laughs> not fun by any stretch of the imagination. But it's also not something that's going away. Oh no! Like there, there, there's no, there's no, there's no possible future where um, you know somebody flicks a switch and suddenly load shedding is gone. We're, we're stuck with it for a couple of years. Unless, unless it gets to a point where they have to privatize mm -hmm. and they have to move away from only state-owned. I think that's the only situation where it will realistically get better, and that will still be a long process. Yeah, like w they could start today, and we'd still be waiting two or three years. Um, so, yeah, like we can get upset about it, and we're going to get upset about it because we're South Africans, um, and that's what we do. Well, well, it, I think it's fair to be no, to be I know, upset. I know, I know. Especially if you pay your taxes and you pay for your electricity, and you like. I think those are those are the citizens that that deserve to be upset about it. Mm. But um, look, being upset isn't going to serve very much purpose until, uh, well, I don't know, man. Like, when when should we when should when should we like start the revolution? When should we storm the government gates? What? Well, if the power now? goes off and doesn't come on, well, then I think you're going to have bigger problems on your hands. Um, but because that's that's also a viable th it, that can happen, right? Yeah, that that it always cascade. sits in the back of your mind, like what if it doesn't come on? Yeah, <laughs> no, I've I've given that a lot of thought. <laughs> that like that failure cascade, and the thing is, like if everything goes off, like like you know we have load shedding and they turn off here and they turn off there and they turn off there, but if everything goes off at once, it's not like oh you got to wait a couple of hours for them to switch everything back on. It'll take weeks to put the country back on. Oh yeah. So, so like if all the generating units tripped at the same time, it's it's done. We're we're basically in the in the uh, we're back in four trekker days for three weeks. What's your what's your apocalypse exit plan? Um, I'm gonna drive down to the coast. Okay. And go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Get a boat. I think. No, I no, no. <laughs> I, I just need a fishing rod. I'm, I'll be fine. I've always thought of a zombie in a zombie apocalypse. It's it's best to try and get a boat, right, and get get to an island, mm. and hope mm. there weren't people there. 
No, look, I, I read the zombie survival guide. Um, there are a couple, like the best place to actually be, weirdly enough, is a prison. The, w- the best place? One of the best places. If you're, if you're going to go for like an inland What about a military base? Because mi- that, w- that was <sighs> in my mind. You can, you can get weapons mm. and armored vehicles. But they're not, I mean, they generally, they count uh, on military bases. They generally count on having armed staff capable of repelling an assault. So the, the walls aren't quite as sturdy. Jails are designed to keep human beings in and human beings are intrepid buggers. So the walls are strong. Generally, um, they've got their own water source. They've got backup power. Um, they've got like gardening already built in because you know you got to get your convicts to do something. So if you pick the right prison, <laughs> you'll be okay. Um, but uh, I think the ideal one was an aircraft carrier. If you could repurpose an aircraft carrier. Um, the problem with being out on a boat in a zombie apocalypse. I don't know how we. It's got just to, to get to. An island, though. Yeah, but the problem with that is if you've got an island, you've got to patrol um, the water in case zombies wash up. Because then you have to zombies take them Zombies can't up. swim. No, okay, I know I, th- c- <laughs> I think we've gone, we've gone far off the point. That's not the p- No, I yes. Th- zombies. Zombies is not the point. Zombies is the point. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back there <laughs> one of these days. Watch um, me. Yeah, we'll, we'll start a, n- uh, a series... Breton Marche's zombie apocalypse tips. Sure, uh, I'm I'm all in for that one. <laughs> um, but what do you when you say we do something a little less depressing? Yes, um, please. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> then um, how about you start us off? What are you playing with? This okay, one? so I've been playing with the Samsung Watch Four. Um, uh, the Watch Four, the Watch Four Classic. The Watch Four Classic, if you want to be specific. Well, it's a specific watch. Okay. <laughs> um, so it took me a while to actually unbox and use this one because I was using uh, the Huawei before. Mm. And I really enjoyed that one because the battery lasts up to like a week. Um, that's with exercise. That's not now on the Huawei, not the Samsung. Mm. And the only massive issue I had with that one was... Um, third-party access and certain apps mm-hmm. because it runs on Harmony OS and not Google or anything else. else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the Samsung Watch 4 Classic that I've been using, firstly, is not a nice watch to look at. I don't like the design. It's very bulky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, I, I have, a th- I have th- fairly thin wrists and it sits. It doesn't sit flush on my wrist. Um, the like hinges of the band don't bend properly, so it like protrudes on the sides, and it's just not nice to look at. Or no, I, th- I think if you played rugby, like you know, if you were like six foot two, yeah, I mean, uh, if you that'll like probably fit, w- fit quite well. If you practice your wrists a lot and they fat and yeah. bulky, maybe. Um, but it's. It's also the the larger sized one, the 44. It yeah, is 44, um, right? I think so. Well, they've got a 44. I think because th- there's a 42, a 44, yeah. and a 46. The 44 millimeter. And yeah, I just don't I don't like the way it sits on my wrist. Otherwise, um, it has a rotating bezel, which is nice. Like mm-hmm. I really like having another way to input 
other than just like buttons on the sides and touch screen. Um, even though the screen is very nice, it's Samsung Super um, AMOLED. It's really, really nice. Mm. And the interface is cool because it's Google's Wear OS. Obviously, it works properly. Um, I found a cool feature. Like, I haven't ha actually used a Google Wear um, device in the past, f like, few months. And the integration with Google Maps is really nice. So it actually shows you on on the watch screen when you're going to turn and which way you're going to turn, and it vibrates. So oh, that's quite nice. It vibrates as you're approaching a turn, and then as you have to make the turn, it vibrates three times, and you can check where you have to turn. So I, I find that like very useful, but again, it's not Samsung, that's Google Wear OS. Otherwise, um, I haven't actually had time to really use it in activity tracking and exercising. Oh, partly because <laughs> I just haven't been exercising because it's end of the year and I just want to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, but it's sleep tracking is fine. It's heart tracking is fine. Everything works as advertised. Um, they, there's the SpO2 blood oxygen sensor that works fine. <laughs> like it's hard to say how well they do if you don't compare them to mm -hmm. other trackers. So I'll be doing that for the full review. Samsung, I r I'm reading here, Samsung says you get 40 hours on the charge, which in itself is not a lot. Yeah, well, um, uh, for Samsung's devices, it's actually not bad. But um, yeah, that's that's my major issue with this device, is that it doesn't last as long on, on a charge. Um, I actually, I'm double wristing with a, with a Fitbit as well, and my Fitbit lasts like, over a week on a charge while I need to charge up the Samsung every two days. Mm -hmm. That's even without fitness tracking and yeah. practicing. So that's not great in terms of battery life, especially considering how how thick and bulky the device is. You would expect a good battery. Yeah, It's like, it's I think, thicker than the w Huawei that I tested. So and then Huawei had had like a two week life, didn't it? Well, almost just just about two weeks. Hmm. So yeah, I'm at this point not super impressed, but I'll use all of the other fancy features and see how it does. Otherwise, mm -hmm. what have you been playing with? Me? Well, I'm playing with a few things at the moment, but the one I'm going to talk about today is a cross call phone, um, specifically the Core X4. Um, I've done the last two cross-call reviews for stuff. Uh, if you don't know, cross-call is um, a French smartphone or tech brand. Um, they they specialize in rugged devices, and they tend to aim more for like industry or business. So like um, uh, the kind of phone you'd work if you know, you'd want if you if you worked on a construction site. Uh, for example, or um, a tablet that you might use. Or if you repair things in general, or yeah, you work um, out in, a f in the field. Yeah, or or like you you work in crappy conditions, uh, like the the Core X4 tablet um, is is basically fully water. You can use it underwater. The whole thing functions wow. underwater, and the touchscreen works and and everything like that. I, don't, I mean. There's no situation where you want to give a diver a tablet and go, here, Use count it. this, <laughs> <laughs> count the fish underneath the um, 
oil rig or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm like but it has other useful sensors that you don't find in other devices, right? Well, um, some of them do. Some of them are, are, are built specifically for this. But the, uh, the Core X4 is it's basically just a, a rugged device. Um, that's its major um, selling point. So um, it it follows the same design, it's the same visual language as every other cross-call device I've ever seen. Um, so it's got quite thick bezels. Um, it's uh, bulkier than you would um, expect, but this one's surprisingly lightweight for, for its size. Um, but mostly what you're what you're paying for when you buy one of these is the um, uh, is the waterproof rating which is uh, it's an IP68 which you know you can get from a from a Samsung phone at the moment but uh, I wouldn't be quite as <laughs> uh, willing to, to to drop a Samsung phone whereas this one I'm kind of like eh. I want to drop it yeah um, like, uh, I originally wanted to run it over with a car but we Can also we do that? No, I've given it back. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, like we, we did. We, we got um, the very first time we got uh, a cat phone in s at Stuff's offices. Uh, we actually kicked it across the office. We dropped, literally drop kicked the phone across That's the cool. office. Um, but as with most rugged brands, um, like the, the, f the first device, they, they kind of overbuilt the toughness. Um, for the cat, and uh, the same thing with the cross call. So, so this one is like it, it's more like a, a, a regular smartphone, um, just with a few sort of extra toughness features. So it looks looks good. Uh, it's designed to be used with a, a variety of mounts. Uh, they gave me two to test as well. Um, so you can, uh, and it's magnetic. It's um, and they're so all proprietary for the cross call. Yeah, device. so you have to use cross call gear um, unless you're using like a generic. Um, like a clip mount of some sort, uh, but if you want to use the magnetic features, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the hardware itself not great, um, unfortunately. Um, it's a 720p screen. There's only a, a Snapdragon Snapdragon 450 um, inside there. It runs Android 9. Sure, that's old. Yeah, I know, but it's it's something you get with with rugged devices. They're less. Uh, concerned with um, having the latest of everything, um, so you won't have the latest operating system. You won't have the latest processors. Um, but you can throw it from the third floor. Basically, yes. Um, uh, like this one, uh, I'd be less willing to. Um, uh, it's it's made a few design concessions, um, but the like the core X4 tablet, I would quite cheerfully chuck across a room. Um, and then their their original phone, um, which for some reason uh, had an, a, a full on like GoPro built into it, um, uh, that one was also that one's super tough. Um, like this one, this one's nice. It's uh, uh, you'd have to choose between like a cat phone, which tends to be quite bulky and like sort of covered covered in a lot of um, vulcanized rubber. This one. Is uh, it, it spreads its toughness across a, a, a wider device, so it's not quite as thick. Uh, you don't feel like you're carrying a literal brick in your pocket. Um, just a, I don't know, a very large slab of glass. Well, but but will it work during load shedding? 
<laughs> yes, it'll work during load shedding. How's the battery life? The battery life is good, but the battery life is good because uh, like Samsung's um, new phones, the um, S21 series, um, they've all got 5,000 milliamp batteries. Uh, this one's, I think, 3,850. Um, but it'll still outlast those because it, it, like it doesn't have a full HD screen. It's not OLED. Uh, it doesn't have a Snapdragon triple uh, eight processor sitting in in the middle of it, so it doesn't have to doesn't have to power all of these things. So it can have a smaller battery and still outlast um, things. But the the tablet actually has two of those batteries um, in series. There are literally two batteries in it. Okay, so what I'm hearing here mm. is don't buy the new cross cool phone, but yeah. the tablet is very cool. Well, I mean the the tablet. I, I, I Brett likes the tablet. Yes, I like the <laughs> tablet. Um, okay, cool. So that's enough for today. We'll be back next week with more product reviews and insights into the tech industry. Yes, I'm hoping that uh, something different will have happened uh, to South Africa. Other than just load yeah. shedding. Um, Otherwise, if you do have power, go ahead and check out the Stuff website, stuff.co.za. Uh, we have a lovely new design, so head over there and read the latest news and reviews. Then we're also on YouTube, so go ahead, like and subscribe the Stuff Studios. And we are also on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Check it out. Please do. Bye. Bye. <laughs>